Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so glad that you're joining with us here as we wrap up our series, We the Church. Over these past few weeks, we've really been looking at what are the essentials to church? What is the core to church? What are the things that we need to really hold on to tightly? And what are some things that we can hold on to loosely? And so over the past few weeks, we've learned a lot. We've learned that the Holy Spirit actually births the church, right? That the church really begins with people filled with the Spirit. And I hope you've been praying that prayer almost every day of Holy Spirit, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room. That's what we learned in week one. Then we took a look at how really uh, the church is about people joining and journeying together. That it's about sharing life with one another. That you cannot be the church while remaining isolated in an individual. It's really about us coming together. And then we took a look about how the church is all about radical generosity, radical sharing. I hope you remember this quote from Willie James Jennings where he says this, what is far more dangerous than any plan of shared wealth or fair distribution of goods and services is a God who dares to impose upon us divine love. He says such love will not play fair. In the moment when we think something is ours or our people's, the same God will demand we sell it, we give it away, or we offer more of it in order to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, and shelter the homeless using it to create the bonds of shared life. And that quote is still good and still moving and still actually radically changing. And then uh, the curveball sermon of the series that even I wasn't expecting, we talked about healing, right? And how God wants to heal not only physical bodies, but whole people. And that transformation involves whole people and all that we are carrying. And then last week, we took a look about how the church is called to witness and to testify to Jesus Christ, that that's part of who we are, a witnessing and a testifying community. And then today, today I want to look at one last practice that I believe is absolutely core and central to church. And it's likely not some of the things you might initially think of. Now, when I say church, I think for many people, what they start to think of is like worship, is buildings, is sermons, or like church coffee or whatever else, right? But today... Today, one practice that I believe is absolutely central in core to church is actually communion or the Lord's Supper or Eucharist. All different ways of talking about the same thing where we gather together and break bread and we uh, share wine as a way of remembering Jesus' death and resurrection. And this is what I want to talk about. And then this is obviously what we're going to be practicing today. And so to begin, I want to go back to the exact same really cornerstone scripture that we've been reading every single week. And I hope it's soaked into your imagination and into your heart. I hope actually in some ways that it's almost become like memorized as we've just been looking at it each and every week. And we read this. It says this, And all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, now listen to this, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers, all the believers, they met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and their possessions and they shared money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day and they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. So I think if you take these passages seriously, what you'll notice is that when it comes to church, when it comes to practicing church, when it comes to being church, one of the central practices and formational uh, activities of the church was to partake in the Lord's Supper every single week. That's what the early church was built on. They're built on gathering together and yes, sharing in meals and sharing their lives together, but especially sharing in the Lord's Supper, communion or Eucharist however you want to talk about it. And what many early church scholars believe is that they believe that the Lord's Supper was actually like the hinge moment of the gathering. It was really the thing that brought everyone together. It was the grounding center of the early gathering of the early church. And so today, today I want to talk to you about why I believe that communion is so essentially uh, core to church. 
that it's something that we can never actually let go of, that we need to hold on to this tightly. I want to share with you three reasons why, for me, it is one of the most deeply moving and impactful parts of my life. I also want to share with you three reasons why I believe for the early church, it was so central to their practice. And I think if it was central to the early church's practice, it should be central to ours as well. So today, those three reasons are that it's about receiving, that it's about communal connecting, and that it's about transformation. So first, first, I want to talk a little bit about how communion reminds us about receiving. Because I'm not sure if you realize this, but the very center of Christianity is that it's all about grace and gift and receiving. That before you have done anything, before I have done anything, it is about what God has done for us. That he is always the one who initiates. He is always the one who takes the first step forward. He is always the one who reaches out a hand and welcomes us in. And communion reminds us of this. Communion, this deeply mystical, amazing and uh, moment where we get to connect with Jesus, what it is if you remember what it is all about. It's about actually receiving. So you receive the broken bread that reminds us of Jesus' body. You receive the uh, cup, which reminds us of the blood of our Savior. It's all about receiving gift and grace. And I just think that this, this is where we need to begin, right? Because Christianity is all about what Jesus has done for us. And that yes, yes, while we are called to partner with him in changing the world, while we are called to give out, it begins first with receiving and communion reminds us of us. Right? That no one deserves this, no one has earned this, but this is a gift that we get to receive because of Jesus Christ. So the first reason for me that communion is so central, not into the early church, but to my own life, my own practice, is because it reminds me to receive. It reminds me to take from God what he has already given to me freely, and it reminds me to adopt the right posture towards Jesus. One of gratefulness, one of thankfulness, and especially one of receiving from him. So the second thing that I love about communion is that it's communal. It's about drawing us together as a community, as the body of Christ, as people who follow Jesus together. What I want to say as clearly as I can is that communion, to truly partake in it, to do it correctly, to do it rightly, is not something that we do isolated and alone. It's something we do with the body of Christ. And so that means even today, even today, if you are on your own when we partake in communion, what I want to state as clearly as I can is that you are not alone. Amen? You are not alone. You are actually bound together with us others as Christians, as followers of Jesus, as the body of Christ, that we believe that the body of Christ in his presence stretches across time and space and it actually binds us together. And that's what communion is about, that we share it together and that when we come and we take it, we are reminded that we are a part of a body of Christ together, not isolated individuals. No, we are part of something so much deeper and bigger and better than that. It's a communal exercise. It's a communal practice where we're reminded that Jesus Christ is binding us together. And then the third reason, the third reason that for me, I just love communion so much and I look forward to it every time we partake in it together is that it reminds me that central to Christianity is transformation is being changed by Jesus, is encountering Jesus, and then actually having him alter and shift and change our lives. I think that's what communion is about. Because communion is really about a moment where we get a chance to experience and encounter and actually come before Jesus. I believe, truthfully, that Jesus is present of our lives all the time. But I also believe in moments like this where we gather together to have communion, that he's almost available in a special way or in a unique way. Because communion done correctly or rightly, it actually pulls our attention from ourselves to Jesus. It actually draws our attention towards him. It actually draws us into a deeper relationship with him. This is why I think it was so central for the early church. Because communion reminds us about what matters most. And that is the death and resurrection of Jesus and receiving together what he has for each and every one of us. This this is why I love it so very, very much. This may not surprise many of you, 
but I actually feel a fair amount of pressure for weekends, for services, for Sundays. Uh, I know that it doesn't all rest or hinge upon me. I know that the church is built upon Jesus Christ. And I know um, that there have been sermons where honestly it's been a little bit, kind of like a little bit flat. I know this, okay? Um, And I know that Jesus has been gracious and shown up and spoken. Um, But for me, I feel a little bit of that pressure and that weight to do, to be faithful essentially to what God has called me to do. But one of the reasons I just love when we take communion, because honestly, honestly, whether or not you've liked the songs, whether or not I've spoken well, we all have an opportunity to connect with Jesus together. That's what I love about it. It's just always open to every single person to come to the table, to encounter him and to be transformed by him, to be changed by him. And I think that's one of the reasons for me why communion or the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist is just so incredibly important and it is central and core to church. So what have we learned today? We've learned three things, really, that communion, it is about us receiving. It's about us coming together, and it's about us being changed. But today I want to state something that is pretty clear, that we've practiced here for years, but in all honesty, I don't think I've ever been explicit with, is that I believe, I believe that every single person is invited to the table. I believe that everybody is welcome to come to the table. I believe that if you want to meet Jesus at this table around his meal, that he is the host, not me, not this church, not our denomination, none of that. No, that he is the host, that you are welcome to come and to meet with him here. No matter what your background, no matter where you are at, you are welcome to meet with Jesus in this place. And I know, I know for some denominations and some traditions, they wouldn't agree with that. Uh, They don't believe in an open table. They don't believe that you can just all come, that you have to be a member in good standing. You might not have to make sure you've gone through some certain hoops or whatever else. But for me, for me, that's just the wrong way to look at it. For me, this is a table where Jesus is inviting each and every person to meet with him here. And the reason I'm so strong in this, and I just want to be explicit that this table is for everyone, is because if you take Jesus seriously, I have no idea how you could come to any other conclusion than this. If you look at the Gospels of Jesus Christ, if you look at his life, what he did was he practiced a radically open table. He shared parables about how the banquet in the kingdom of God is open to everyone. And do you want to know what happened at the very, very first communion, the very, very first Eucharist, the very, very first Lord's Supper? Do you want to know what Jesus did? Jesus invites Judas. Like Judas, the man who it says is filled with Satan, the man who will betray Jesus, the man who will sell him out. And so if Jesus is willing to invite Judas to the table, I'm willing to say that every single person is invited to the table. That if you want to meet with Jesus here, you can. You are welcome. And that he is ready and willing to meet with you. He is the host who is inviting you to encounter him in this moment here in this place. So what's my main point today? My main point is just this, is that communion is central to church. Communion is central to church. The Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, this receiving, this communal sharing, this transformational moment, this is central to church. And Jesus is inviting all of us, all of our baggage, all of our sin, all of that to meet with him at this place where we can receive his body and we can receive his blood that sheds for our sins so that we can know healing and forgiveness and new life and liberation. So today, what does this mean for us practically? Well, it means we have a moment to come and connect with Jesus. We have a moment to be changed and transformed by him. We have a moment to encounter him in this meal. And so today, uh, if you haven't had any of the elements ready, I invite you, I'm going to talk about it for a moment, to go and get some bread, go and get some wine or some juice so that we might be able to take this together in a moment. What I want to remind you of is what I hope to say really clearly previously, is that whether today you're with family and friends or your home church, uh, or whether today you're on your own, that nobody is partaking of this meal alone. We are doing this together in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of his spirit, and that we have a chance to come before him, to encounter him, to receive from him, and to be changed by him. 
And so today, that's what I want to invite you into, the very, very thing that Jesus invites us into, to meet with him at this table around this moment and to be changed by him, to be filled with him, to receive all that he has for us, for us to respond with gratefulness and thankfulness for how he paid the price for us so that we might follow him in a deeper and better way than ever before. And so with that, would you join with me in prayer this morning? God, I just pray as we come to communion, as we come to this meal, Lord, I pray would we encounter you? Would we see you? Would we be changed by you? God, would we receive what we need from you? Would you truly fill us? I pray, Lord, if there is things within us that need to be healed, would that be healed? I pray if there is brokenness that needs to be named, would it be named and would it be changed? And I pray today, Lord, would your Holy Spirit fill the room? Would you fill us as we seek to meet with you? Would the truth of James be true as it says, as we seek to draw close to you, that you will draw close to us? And I pray this all in the wonderful name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And amen.